0: This is David McBee with the Twin Lakes Sports Network, and I'm joined by the one and only Joey the Dragon Shaw, and welcome to this week's special episode, our final season-ending edition of This is the XFL 2020. So glad to have you on the show today, Joey.
1: Yeah, so glad to be back. It's been a long time. A lot of things have been happening, as everybody knows, and uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get together to get this uh, podcast done sooner, but hey, better late than never, Glad to be here. Well, man, a lot has happened. Last time
0: we were on here, we were talking about, hey, the Seattle uh, Dragons being the only uh, game they were getting ready to do the first game with no fans in attendance. Next thing you know, things escalated. And now the XFL season,
1: unfortunately, has come to an end, Joey. Yeah, to a screeching halt. Like I said, we were expecting uh, to see what it was going to be like, Um with no fans in the seat, how that was going to play out and how they were going to get everybody to the stadium, especially when they're limiting the number of people that could be there. Uh, So we thought, well, it's going to be really interesting. And and I think it was within a day or two after that, man, things just got shut down. Yeah, unfortunately, not just
0: the XFL, but the entire sports world. But uh, since the XFL season, the reboot season, XFL 2020, has come to an end. We're just going to do kind of a recap of the season. Uh, hopefully, this is just going to be a little break, and then we'll come back as uh, we get closer with the XFL coming back again later this fall. But uh, Joey, just kind of looking over the XFL season. A uh, big part of the thing, and you know, going into the season, we're talking, hey, it's going to be pivotal to have good ratings on TV. And the XFL, their goal was to have an average of 1.5 million viewers per game and overall ended up with 1.9 million people tuned in. Of course, kind of a drop. Week one, they had a 3.1 rating and dropped to a 1.2 rating by week five. But overall, if you look at the entire season as a whole, I mean, 1.9 million viewers
1: per game. That's a lot of people, so you'd you'd think that the people uh, heading up the the XFL uh, would be happy with these numbers. Uh, 1.9 million people per game average is nothing to sneeze at.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is equivalent. That's usually higher than what most NBA games, you know, leagues that are very established. Of course, the goal was 1.5. They did fall below that the very last week in week five but 37.3 million people tuned in to watch the XFL. I think that's got to be a great sign, uh, for a first year league.
1: Yeah. And, and, and like we, we talked before, you know, all the uh, things that they've had to endure this season, uh, season one, uh, these numbers are strong. So I'm looking forward to seeing season two. And I'm I'm hoping for, for the love of football and the love of sports because the sports world has been turned upside down this year. Um, that we're going to see higher ratings uh people are going to be hungry and and i'm looking forward to season two in the xfl
0: well really breaking it down you know the games that aired on fox ended up having an average over the five weeks of a 2.4 rating abc 2.1 those are the two big ones that you really want to have good ratings of course fs1 and espn less viewers but it's not in that you know, mainstream TV area, but overall, I mean, the ratings and I think the television presentation, if we've talked before, came off very professional. It was a lot different broadcast with the behind the scenes, hearing the coaches talk, interviewing the players. I think overall, that had to be a hit this year. The television, uh, the television broadcast of it.
1: Oh, I, I think so. Of course, you know, we as people that listen may know already know, we, we like to dabble in broadcasting ourselves at the Twin Lakes Sports Network with high school sports and also some semi football uh, back uh, back in the day. But, uh, uh, yeah, the sideline interviews, I thought that was really great. Um, again, we've we've talked about the audio system that they had. We, we were kind of familiar with it uh, coming from the AAF Uh but overall, broadcasting for the XFL, I thought it was great. Uh, I don't see anything uh, at all that I could pick on. I know there have been some people laughing a little bit about the, some of the sideline interviews, and um, I guess it was just trying to work out how they were going to get this and do everything, and everybody getting into their role and getting comfortable doing it. Uh, it took a little bit of time, but overall, I mean, there were some fun, funny moments with it. And to me, I don't think everything has to be so serious and so professional. Uh, and that's what I enjoyed about it on the sideline, is kind of let your hair down. Uh, let's see the, the different side of some of these players. Let's get to know them as people, not just uh, players, and see the, the you know their personalities come out. And I think that added a whole lot to at least for me watching the games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think too. You know, one of the very last games they had was in Washington, and you know we talked about this before, but the the uh, beer snake in Washington became its own superstar. Uh, just because of the coverage they did during the game. Uh, and I, I thought it was just so laid back. They were having fun with it. You were seeing the fans getting excited. They went over and interviewed the fans that were putting the beer snake together. And then you got the commissioner of the XFL, Oliver Luck, come over, and he adds a uh, empty uh, uh, beer drink to to add to the snake. I mean, to me, that just made it so much fun and made it a really good, fun broadcast.
1: Hey, that's why people are watching, right? I mean, you're not tuning in to be uh, uptight and serious. Uh, at least I'm not. I'm, I want to tune in. I want to be entertained. I want to have some fun. I want to relax. And that's what the XFL was. I mean, it was It was for the love of football, uh, but it was also for the love of the fans. And it showed. And it was a blast watching it. And I can't wait. Like I said, it, it next year, season two.
0: Well, and, you know, we mentioned the fans. So TV was a pretty decent success. The attendance, I think that the XFL has to be very happy with the attendance as well, uh, ended up in an average of 18,000 fans per game. And in the five weeks, over 330,000 people entered an XFL stadium and watched an XFL game. And I think that is a that is a huge hit. I mean, the AAF was down under 10,000 by the time it was ending. Uh but overall, I mean, a couple cities really carried the load when it came to attendance. St. Louis, the fans for the Battle Hawks, they showed out an average of twenty-eight thousand fans per game, and I mean, St. Louis showed that football belongs in St. Louis.
1: Hey, I think back on one, uh, maybe in uh, one of uh, actually our first uh, uh, podcast, maybe it was our second one, but we we said it, we called St. Louis, we said, look, hey. This is a football uh, town, and we felt that the fans would not let us down, that they would be stepping up, and, boy, did they ever. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure the uh, Battle Hawks uh, were enjoying and loving every minute of it because I know the fans were.
0: Well, also, shout-out to the St. Louis fans. I mean, uh, Seattle fans not far behind, 25,616, even though their team – you know, ended up struggling on the field, but the fans still turned out for the dragons, uh, a couple teams that really helped. If you took out, you know, New York and LA, those are the teams that really hit, hurt the a- average LA only averaged 13,000 fans per game, New York, 14,000. Of course, New York started off, you know, had a good victory, then lost a couple in a row and then came storming back and was actually three and two and tied for first place in the Eastern division. But uh, I mean, St. Louis, Seattle, and some of the other teams really showed up and did a great job. But overall, I mean, eighteen thousand fans. Uh, I think the XFL was shooting for fifteen to twenty thousand, so they got to be happy with that number. And the experience, like you mentioned
1: earlier, the experience in the crowd with these fans was just great. It was uh, St. Louis, uh, in my opinion, by far were probably the the best fans uh, in the XFL. So. For me, they're the uh, they get the MVP trophy for uh, best fans of all teams. It's uh, hands down. It's got to be the St. Louis uh, Battlehawks. I mean, somebody, some people out there might want to disagree with that. Well, let us hear it. You know, hey, shout out to us here uh, on our on our page at the Twin Lakes Sports Network on Facebook. You can uh, always disagree. We uh, invite that, or uh, you can agree with us.
0: Well, ratings, attendance. I think you know, five weeks in was pretty good. Uh, You know, unfortunately, with the season ending in week five, we're never going to get to find out who the champion, who the MVP is. But you and I, we're going to select our own league MVPs. And for me, Joey, I got to go with P.J. Walker. 1,300 passing yards, 65% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns in five games. Plus, you throw in 99 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown, only four interceptions. To me, it's got to be P.J. Walker.
1: Uh, nobody could argue with that. Well, I say nobody. There's always somebody that likes to argue. But I'm not going to argue with you today. P.J. Walker, uh, definitely, hands down for me.
0: Well, and, and when I was breaking down and really looking at numbers, to me, second place was going to be Cam Phillips, who is a wide receiver playing with P.J. Walker. He had 31 receptions, 455 yards, nine touchdowns in five games. Absolutely explosive player. I had him ranked number two. Number three was a guy that I had going into the last game. I had it neck and neck until the last game. Uh, The throw-in Samoan, Jordan Tamau, he had over 1,000 yards passing, 72% completion percentage, five touchdowns, two interceptions, 217 yards rushing, and I had him pretty much neck and neck until that last game in D.C., and to me, that's what really won it for P.J. Walker is Tamau really struggled in that week five loss.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and P.J. Walker was lucky to have Cam Phillips, and Cam Phillips was lucky to have P.J. Walker. Those two were like peanut butter and jelly. They just went together, um, and it showed out there on the field. Oh, man, I'll tell you what.
0: Those two playing together, I mean, they they just had so much camaraderie. They just, uh, they just really gelled uh, together, and, uh, I mean, it was a dynamic duo that they had down in Houston.
1: Like a Batman and Robin, huh?
0: Yeah. Batman and Robin. I mean, they were, they were just, uh, you know, you could say they're like Pippen and Jordan, all the great duos. And they were definitely the top duo uh, of the XFL this year. So we both agree on Walker, a coach of the year. I mean, you got to go with the only coach who didn't lose a game, June Jones.
1: Uh, That's right. June Jones. But, I, I'm I'm gonna have to throw out uh Jonathan Hayes uh because I gotta stay t- true to the blue to the Battlehawks, you know, was a Battlehawk fan this year because we're so close to St. Louis, but uh you do have a point. Um, you know, June Jones had a five and oh record, and uh but I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to stick with John uh Jonathan Hayes.
0: Well Jonathan Hayes definitely I think he had a t that his team built more around a running game, whereas June Jones had the passing game of Walker. And, of course, Cam Phillips. But uh, definitely, I, I would have liked to have seen how the second half, because I think uh, St. Louis, even though they lost that game against D.C., they had three home games coming in the second half. So that was going to give them a huge advantage with those monster crowds in St. Louis. And I think they would have been tough to beat. Uh, but I with June Jones, I mean, of course, the two teams played. Houston played against St. Louis uh june jones and his team beat st louis it was a close game went down to the wire uh that's why i got to pick jones but jonathan hayes did a tremendous job with that st louis team and uh him and jordan tomorrow i thought were, jordan tomorrow perfectly fit the jonathan hayes system
1: yeah and it, you know again uh things happened and we didn't get to see the uh you know the rest of this story unfolded it was kind of cut short but um What what a great first year, uh, the XFL and what we were able to see. I was excited. And uh, a lot of good coaches and a lot of good players uh, coming out of the XFL uh, this year.
0: Well, you know, we talked about Walker and Phillips being a dynamic duo. I really think Jonathan Hayes and Jordan Tamaru, you know, they had more chemistry than a periodic table. I thought they really were gelling well together. Unfortunately, had that last game they lost, but – I think they was going to be a tough team to beat if the second half of the season
1: would have continued. Yeah, those were definitely one of the top contenders uh was going to be the St. Louis Battlehawks. At least that's who what I had picked. So uh and then Houston, you know, you can't take anything from undefeated uh for this for for, for the season uh the short season that we had.
0: Well, and since the season was cut off, we didn't actually have a championship you know, we're going to play a little game here. We're going to pick who do we think would have been the champion. And I think we've been talking about it just in this previous categories. It's funny how these two teams were very close to each other. Uh, I, I got to think that the championship game, in my opinion, was going to come down to Houston versus St. Louis. And I think the Roughnecks would have pulled it up, pulled it out, and they would have been the XFL 2020 champion.
1: Yeah I I've got to agree with that. Um I you know, I would have been rooting for St. Louis. Um but but with what we knew when this ended, I'm going off of those facts and with the facts that we had when when the season had went to a close, uh, I would have I would have had have to have said, you know, who's Houston rough next. Based off that last game like you pointed out, the last game that the St. Louis Battlehawks had uh was a little rough for them. Uh Houston, you know, with PJ Walker um, Cam Phillips, uh, I, I think uh, Houston uh, would have would have won the championship, and runner-up would have been St. Louis.
0: Well, now with the changes of uh, you know with the season ending, there's been a lot of news on the XFL, even though it's been a quiet, uh, a lot of not very much news going on in the sports world. A lot of news going on because the NFL has been picking up quite a few of the XFL players, so we're, we might have a different landscape next year, and of course, the first one, the biggest pickup, P.J. Walker picked up by the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, it'd be crazy not to, to for somebody to have picked him up, so uh, I was afraid of that, um, just because he was so fun to watch in the XFL, but, you know, hopefully we get I wish him the best of luck in the NFL, and we hope uh, we get to watch a lot of excited moments in the NFL. So uh, I am excited to see him move to the NFL to see how he does there. Uh, So, hey, congratulations. Well, man, I'm going to hate it if we don't
0: get to watch him next year, but congratulations. Of course, he got signed to a $1.57 million contract, so definitely going to get a little bit more money. But also a great opportunity. Carolina, of course, they got rid of – their franchise quarterback, Cam Newton, released him. They picked up quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. But right now, it looks like PJ Walker is going to be complete, competing with Will Greer for the backup to Teddy Bridgewater. And really excited. Uh, he's going to be back with Matt Rule, who was his head coach at Temple. So this could be a great opportunity. And in the NFL, you know, a quarterback's always one hit away from being gone. And P.J. Walker could get a tremendous opportunity with Carolina.
1: Yeah, I agree. A, it is a huge uh, opportunity for him. So uh, we're going to get to see how it plays out uh, come next year uh, for P.J. Walker in, in the NFL. Which that's going to be a huge hole. June Jones is going to have to do some work.
0: Uh, he did a great one in season one. And this is a problem. This is going to be a problem with the XFL. They have some players who play great. Yeah, they might end up going to the NFL. So having that same group that's going to be around for a long time could be difficult. Uh, but congratulations, hate to lose him, but congratulations to PJ Walker. Also uh, another big announcement. Uh, we were talking about him earlier, the throwing Samoa Jordan samau He doesn't have to go very far. He's going from St. Louis to Kansas city. He's a Kansas
1: city chief now, Joey. <laughs> oh man. That's another one. I, again, it's bittersweet. I hate to see him go, but I'm happy for him. Um, Congratulations to Jordan, Tamu, to Jordan Tom. Say that last name. I butcher that so bad. Tomo. Tomo. You're so good at uh, saying his last name. I'm sure he appreciates <laughs> it. He's going to say, what's this idiot saying my name like that? Come on. Uh, but no, congratulations to him. Uh, I really hate to see him go. I know there's going to be a lot of Battlehawk fans that are going to hate to hate seeing him going, but they're, they're also going to be happy and uh, excited and, and proud for him, just like I am.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, great opportunity with him uh, joining the Chiefs. Uh, Of course, they got their franchise quarterback, Pat Mahomes. But he's going to be battling with Chad Henney and Kyle Shermer. And based on what happens, it's possible he could end up back with St. Louis. But it's possible, too, if he makes that team in the NFL. I mean, you're one hit away, and then all of a sudden you could have Jordan Tomorrow leading the Kansas City Chiefs, which is the defending Super Bowl champion. So, uh, uh, gonna be it's gonna be a tough road. It's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be a tough squad for him to make. But uh, Jordan Tamu, wish him nothing but success in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and, th- and you know that that says a lot for Jordan Tamu. Tamu, say it again for me. Come on, I'm butchering it again. T- tomorrow. Thank you. So I'm just going to let you do that. I'm just going to say Jordan and you're going to finish the last name for me. But uh, um... Alright, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be exciting. It's exciting. I was going to say it's, ex- it's exciting because this, like you said, this is a championship team. What an honor to be uh, selected and picked up uh, by this team. I mean, that, that's an honor right there. So I'm very excited for Jordan on this. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him next year uh, in the NFL and I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, you know, speaking of uh, XFL players leaving and going over to the NFL. Uh, did you know this is your favorite team? You probably know this, the Steelers. They picked up three of the XFL players. Um, they picked up uh, Kavon Walker. Hopefully I'm not butchering it. Uh, he was uh, played for the New York Guardians. Uh, he was also the sack leader with four and a half sacks in five games. Uh, they picked up uh, Kyrie Kennel. He w- he played for the D.C. Defenders. He was a safety. And they picked up uh, Jerome Jones, Uh, New York guardians, offensive linemen. So all three of them making their move from the XFL over to the NFL uh, next year. Well, man, I think the, uh, I think the teams
0: are just uh, the NFL teams are looking, Hey, there's a lot of great young talent in the XFL. So I think that's going to be a trend. They're going to be picking up a lot of players uh, that can really help them.
1: Yeah. We talked about this again. This was something else we covered in one of our earlier episodes. Um, we felt that this could be uh, a, a thing. for The future would be NFL is going to be able to see these young players that may have got overlooked for whatever reason and get to see them out there in action on the field. And we could, we, we knew, or we felt that, that this could, this could happen. So that we thought, you know, this could be a problem for the XFL being each, every year, you know, uh, trying to find new talent and, uh, keep the XFL filled. But, uh, I think the XFL, again, we talked about this earlier XFL is uh given opportunity to players that would not have had opportunity. So that's one thing I like about the well, XFL. I, well, I think the people
0: now, two players out there that maybe didn't try, people are going to realize the XFL is an opportunity and, uh, it's a legit football league. And a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Now that they've got to see a little taste of it, they're like, Hey, this is a good opportunity for me, especially if you got guys like PJ Walker getting to go to the NFL. So this could lead to more new talent coming in, but I uh, hate to lose them, but wish both of those guys, nothing but the best yeah. and all, all the signees to the NFL.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the XFL again, just huge opportunity for these, some of these young players and some of the older players. Um, but, uh, it's great to see. I think we're going to see a lot more of this, and again, I'm excited for next season and uh, see what the XFL can bring and what and, and these players that are going off the NFL. We get to see them uh, uh, moving on and see how the uh, how how things uh, shape up for them in the NFL.
0: Well, uh, and and just an announcement while we're doing this broadcast, it just came across the wire uh, with the XFL, Donald Parm, the big. Tied in for the uh, Renegades, just got picked up by the San Diego Chargers. So, I mean, again, uh, guys with a lot of talent being picked up. Uh, so, you know, wish him nothing but the best as well. But a lot of news, the XFL, uh, the, the NFL is taking a lot of the XFL's talent right now. But, uh, you know, we'll have to kind of see what happens there. But uh, let's go to our next topic, the top two moments Uh, You know, we talked about both of us. Hey, let's come up with our top two moments of the XFL season, if we could talk about it. And I'll go ahead and get mine real quick. I said number one moment for me has to be football, coming back to St. Louis, watching that first game, seeing that crowd re-energized when that Battle Hawk team ran onto the field. Uh, I thought that was a great moment, a fantastic game. Absolutely loved it. And this is another crazy one right here, too. I'm going to say just an example, the, the fantastic fan support that this league got in season one. And go back anyone, watch the video of the beer snake. Watch the fans in DC having so much fun with that. That showed exactly what it was to be an XFL fan. These these fans had so much fun. The crowds, even though maybe being, you know, sometimes a third of the size of an NFL crowd was much louder. These fans were passionate. I absolutely loved, uh, those moments with the XFL. Uh,
1: absolutely agree. Um, uh, it for, for, for me, love of the foot, for love of the football, the football was great. Uh, but again, getting to see the fans uh, in St. Louis and how excited they were. And I think you interviewed one of the, uh, a fan, uh, actually one of the, a guy who actually was on the drum line, uh uh, for uh, the for the Chargers, I believe, wasn't it? Is that correct? Uh, for the Rams. For the Rams. That's what it was the Rams, and uh, but to see the fans, uh, how excited they were, uh, and and not to mention just the fans, uh, there was some stuff. When you bring in a team, when you lose a team like that, uh, there's a lot of businesses that suffer, downtown suffers, and for this team coming to St. Louis, it brought back opportunity for businesses in downtown and so that's was exciting to see there for folks of st louis so i gotta agree with you football coming back to st louis and then you got to give your hats off to the beer snake um the fans again it, for the love of football It was for the love of the fans and these fans really mm. showed their love uh i can't wait next year to wonder how big that beer snake could get you know will they will they make it around the stadium i mean that's a that's a feat there, but um, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do with that uh, beer snake next year. And also, um, you know, there was talk about opening up an upper deck there at St. Louis. The fans were saying, hey, you open it, we'll fill it. So they didn't get that opportunity. Let's see next year. Hopefully they get that opportunity to prove that the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks are definitely the best fans in the XFL. And hopefully they get to do uh, what they set out to do. Is, and that is fill those upper bleachers uh, at the stadium. Well, and,
0: you know, I'm glad you mentioned next year when the XFL comes back, and it will be back in 2021, what's some things that we would like to see the XFL do in season two? Uh, Something I'm going to bring up first is a longer preseason. Of course, uh, the offenses were just really starting to look good by week five. In, In these spring leagues, it seems like offense starts really slow the first couple games. And because they don't have that long preseason preparation like the NFL does, I would like to see a longer preseason, maybe do two or three preseason games. And that way, when you start week one, your offense is ready to roll and they're
1: clicking. Yeah, I agree with that. A little bit longer uh, preseason would be great to see. And then, you know, something that they're going to have to do, um, not that I want to see them do, but they're going to have to do this. Um, They're going to have to bring in new talent, which I think is great. It's going to be exciting to see, um, you know, it's kind of like American Idol or something like that, where these these people that, you know, are people that work regular jobs or whatever, and, and then they get the opportunity to show their talent and become a star. Uh, I think the, the XFL is providing that for a lot of young uh, athletes. So I'm excited uh, for next year to, to bring in new talent.
0: Well, and I think something the XFL is going to have to do in season two I really think they're going to have to evaluate some of the cities that they've done. Um, I think the majority of the cities very successful, but there's two team cities that really stuck out to me as struggling. And that was New York and Los Angeles. I think they need to evaluate whether they keep a team in New York and LA or move them possibly to another, uh, you know, maybe go to another city.
1: Yeah. I have to agree and disagree. I have to agree with you. Um, You know, I think that they do – that was one of my things. They need to look to expand. Um, But, you know, with the season being cut so short this year, uh, and this is a a new league, I think giving it one more year, uh, see if they can build the fan base in New York and uh, L.A. If not, you know, absolutely cut it loose. And, you know, uh, this next season, let's look to expand and not do it in season two, but let's go out there and let's uh, uh, scout and uh, and see where opportunities may be for expanding this league uh, in season three.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, that's that was a problem the USFL made back in the 80s. They were a t- league that started off with like, I don't know, eight to ten teams. And then next thing you know, they came back in season two and had 20 teams. So expanding – too quickly, Ken, ultimately, I think you want to build your base first. But I think there's a couple cities. I mean, New York and L.A. just don't seem passionate for the XFL. I mean, I know they're huge bases, but, man, you're only getting 13,000 people, uh, you know, to, to show up to these stadiums. But then you got St. Louis where they're having to open up the top of the stadium, uh, which they could have probably sold more tickets than they did. Uh, but I think they got to take a strong look and say, Hey, is LA in New York. They're probably going to keep them there because for the TV base, you know, they're probably more concerned about the TV base than they are the attendance base. But I think there's some other cities out there that could really help them out.
1: I agree with you. Um, and it sounds like, uh, we're possibly calling out the fans right here on our podcast today. Uh, the fans of New York and LA, we're calling you out guys. You got season two coming up and, uh, what are you gonna do are you guys going to fill your 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 stadiums are you going to uh, show up or uh, are we gonna to have to uh, look at expanding and, and moving into other cities so hey I guess we're calling out New York and LA
0: yeah so uh, another thing I think in season two and we talked about this earlier it's gonna be a challenge keeping players on these teams so building that consistent fan base where you have players that the fans are really familiar you know you don't want to have the new players coming in every year but that's going to be a challenge with the nfl because the nfl is gonna you know if they have guys having seasons like Tamau and pj walker they're going to continue to pick them up
1: yeah uh the, you know they are uh, so it's going to be a continuing challenge and that's why I, you know one of my se- things that they need to do in season two was to bring in new talent um that's going to be uh, i think an ongoing thing uh here out in the xfl and uh you know another thing i think they need to do is a uh, They need to do what they did in season one. What I mean by that, um, I think the XFL did a fantastic job on uh, building the fan base. So I think you need to continue on that. Um, They did a great job of merchandising. Uh, They need to continue building on that. Uh, Wonderful job on social media. Again, just continue growing it. So continue doing what they're doing in season one, but you got to build on it and you got to step up your game. And I think the XFL will do that. Um, they've done a great job in season one, and so I think season two, uh, they're going to do the same and it's going I think they will step up their game.
0: Well, and a lot too, there might be some outside factors that's going to affect the XFL next year. A lot of it is affecting all of us is what's happening with the economy with this kind of shutdown. And you know, of course, Vince McMahon is financing the whole league. and just this week it was announced WWE stock had an analyst downgrade on it. So it actually felt when this market shot up on Wednesday, it actually WWE went down 8% uh, and Vince McMahon had to sell shares. And, you know, he ended up doing a variable prepaid forward contract. That's going to cover 3.5 million shares of class B common stock And that ends up, I think it represents about four and a half percent of total outstanding shares and 15 percent of his holdings. And the reason he's doing that is to provide the McMahon uh, with liquidity while retaining his voting and dividend and price appreciation rights. So it appears that WWE stock is kind of going through a tough time, and you got to wonder if WWE stock starts to struggle, is Vince McMahon still going to want to put five hundred million dollars in this uh, XFL league?
1: Yeah, there's some definitely some uncertainties, but uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope he sticks to his commitment. I hope the economy recovers. I hope his stocks recover. I hope the WWE does well. Uh, because, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing season two in the XFL. So uh, I'm just going to leave it with that, that leave hope, you know, uh, that things are going to turn, turn around and uh, come back better than ever, because I know the sports fans are hungry, uh, especially after, you know, who would have thought you'd ever see a day where there's no sports. Uh, so I think uh, sports fans will show up. And as we know this year, you know, they did a good job keeping the prices down to, to encourage uh, growth. And I think next year, given the opportunity, they're going to do that. And I believe people are going to uh, step up and fill those stadiums. I think they're going to tune into TV and watch the games, and they'll be out. The fans will be out buying ber- merchandise. And if they do that, and uh, the economy rebounds, I think everything's going to be okay. So, just got to have faith that it will. Well, and uh, of course, WWE is
0: really being impacted by WrestleMania. Uh, they're not going to have the huge crowd, the big. Uh, financial boon that they get every year from WrestleMania since WrestleMania is going to be held in an empty arena. Uh, also, you know, ratings have been slipping a little bit. So, and the the big thing was WWE was expected to sell their network to a uh, major streaming uh, company. And now it looks like that is, uh, that deal is not materializing. So the, uh, you know, some confidence has been shaken with the WWE stock. So, you know, if his personal finances start getting uh, not as solid as it was before, it could impact it. We hope it doesn't happen. Hopefully, this is just tied to all the issues going on with Wall Street. But I think even without what would what, what have happened the next few weeks, it looked like there was some trouble in paradise for the WWE. But we'll have to see what happens. But, you know, what we know we're going to do is we will be back for season two. And uh, I just want to throw a shout out. Thank you to the fans that have tuned in and has made season one such a successful year. We'll still check in. We're looking at doing some other podcasts, too. We're looking at, uh, you know, we're pro wrestling fans, so we're going to be covering a lot of maybe the old Crockett and NWA stuff and starting maybe a special little edition we'll be doing covering some of the old things going on in the world of professional wrestling, right, Joey? That's right.
1: Uh, some great wrestling uh, out there, uh, especially in the, as, as we call it, the old school, WCW, NWA. Uh, hey, WWE's got a lot of great history. Uh, so, hey, there may not be, be sports on TV right now, live, uh, but there's a lot of great uh, games and a lot of great sports uh, out there uh, to watch, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Uh, hey, and I know where you can watch some great high school basketball, and some football and actually volleyball. Uh, that's a Twin Lake Sports Network. Find us on Facebook. Yeah, go. Yeah, go on Facebook, Twin Lake Sports Network. We are
0: sharing all sorts of uh, all sorts of flashback games, flashback interviews. We have a huge library, but uh, it's been it's been a blast, Joey. I've had a lot of fun doing it, and we can't wait. We hate that it ended this way, but the XFL left us some great memories, and it wasn't their fault. But uh, overall, Joey, great season. But, uh, Joey, I'll let you take us out.
1: Yeah, so, hey, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. As Dave said, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, We look forward to Season 2 right here uh, uh, with you guys uh, covering the XFL. And, hey, right now, just uh, for the love of each other, stay safe, wash your hands, God bless you, and we'll see you next year right here. on this is the
0: XFL.